Hello, and welcome to the Performance Marketing Spotlight. I'm your host, Marshall Nyman, founder and CEO of Nymo & Co. Each episode, I will be bringing you someone with deep experience in the performance marketing space, where they will highlight their experiences within the industry. Today, I have Alexis Caldwell. Hey, Marshall. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. Welcome to the podcast. Super excited to have you today. So let's get right to it. Why don't you introduce yourself to the audience so they can get to know you a bit? Yeah, for sure. My name is Alexis Caldwell. I've been in the affiliate space for over 15 years. I am currently the executive director of business development and partnerships at Forbes. A lot of that is affiliate related. Some of it's not, but generally speaking, that's a, a big focus. But I've worked on the publisher side almost exclusively, but like lots of different publisher models. So everything from coupon and deal to comparison shopping engine to toolbars to conversion rate optimization to influencer marketing. So kind of been all over the place. <laughs> Keep it interesting. <laughs> but I well, guess you know you've been at a few different publishers and they all do different types of work. So it's it's kind of I guess interesting to, to move to another place and start to build something different. Huh? It is. And it's great too because you know one of the most foundational things about performance marketing are obviously the partnerships. I mean, you and I have worked together for a zillion years, um, which is why this is so much fun. And so it's great because even though I've been you know, at a few different publishers over the years, a lot of those relationships are the same or I'll be working with the same people, but they'll also have moved to like a different advertiser or to a network. One of the things I always tell my team members wherever I am is the toes you step on today could be connected to the ass you kiss tomorrow. So be nice to everyone because you never know, especially an affiliate, like where people are going to end up. That's a great line. <laughs> I think that's, that's a good point. And it really just leads into partnership marketing. It, you know, I think with everything going on with AI today, everybody's like, Hey, you know, people are going to be replaced and going to affiliate summit a few weeks ago and just getting FaceTime with people. You realize with partnership marketing, there is a huge, element of FaceTime and it's building those relationships over time and being in the industry for almost as long as you have a few years less but you know you start to get those relationships with people over time and they move from one company to the next and it's it's always fun to kind of rekindle those relationships and see where the new partnership could take you so would love to hear a little bit about your experience at reward style LTK I know you were there for almost seven years and, and worked in quite a few various roles and that's that's where we first met would, would love to hear a little bit about your experience there yeah yeah absolutely LTK formerly known as reward style and like to know it is arguably the largest and most successful monetization platform for lifestyle creators and my I was there for like you said almost seven years um, I started out uh, managing kind of all of our relationships with affiliate networks and then into like a broader biz dev role and then I moved into managing the uh, entire brand sales team um, so basically partnering with brands to kind of educate them about the opportunities of investing in influencer marketing and how it could move the needle for their business and how it could help them, you know, rebrand their business, um, help them launch new product and really get in front of consumers uh, where, you know, those new consumers were. Um, and the great thing about the LTK technology is that it's platform agnostic. 
So we were able to engage creators, you know, whether they were on Instagram or TikTok or, you know, YouTube, like you name it. Um, so it was a fantastic place to, to be, um, an amazing team. And the business just continues to grow. And I love, I, I, I'm still very close to the business. So I, I love cheering from the sidelines. <laughs> Yeah, you were you were basically there before influencer marketing blew up. It was like the early phases where people really didn't know anything about how it would work and just kind of figuring it out. I remember sitting with you. It was probably you know almost ten years ago in affiliate summit, and you were telling me about the offering there. And so um, it's definitely evolved a lot. And yeah, I know they just um, now kind of rebranded to LTK. They are in quite a few of our affiliate programs. They've been a great affiliate for us too. So so that's great to hear about your experience there. I know you started originally at at, a, at another publisher. I'd love to hear how you got started in the industry and, and, and your experience there. Yeah. Yeah. So I was a history major in college, <laughs> <laughs> but I finished my requirements like pretty early on. So I just had some extra credits to, to fill and randomly like our, the university I went to didn't have like a business program specifically, but they started offering like a couple of business ish classes. Um, and one of them was called the art of the CEO business strategy. And we got to like do pitches and invent products and sell them to frats. (laughs) um, It was see who could make the most money. It was really fun. And the professor actually introduced me to a guy that he was mentoring who was trying to like hire his first full-time team member and like basically leave his full-time job to start a business. Um, and I met this guy and I he was trying to explain the business to me. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But there was something about his dynamism and his excitement where I was like, this is a train I need to get on. And it turned out it was a coupon and deal publisher. Surfmyads.com has been in the space forever, um, owns and operates sites like promocodes.com, coupon winner, coupons.ca, other sites in, in uh, Europe as well. We also like dabbled in, you know, the toolbar space and the comparison shopping engine space for a little while. Uh, did a lot of different things. But yeah, I was like one of the very, very first hi- hires for that company. It was like myself and some interns. <laughs> and, um, and we ended up growing the business to like overall 50 people in like three offices. So it was an incredible experience. I was there for seven years as well. It was just a really cool, like bootstrapped, scrappy situation where like we had to just figure it out. I get that. That was like my first experience in affiliate marketing. And I was laughing when you were saying, you know, somebody was trying to explain it to you and you weren't really sure what it was. And that like brings me to a flashback when one of my friends uh, that I grew up with was telling me he just started working in affiliate marketing and uh, we just graduated college and I just didn't understand what he was trying to explain to me. But it sounded like, you know, that early phase where things were about to really take off. And he was working at ClickBooth, which which was one one of the early uh, affiliate marketing uh, networks. So, you know, I just always think about that, you know, where he was trying to explain to me, just never got it and then ended up in the space. (laughs) For sure. Um, I I feel like every time I have to explain to like a family member or like my parents, like what my job is, I'm like, oh, it's just shopping online. Like, don't worry about it. (laughs) 
<laughs> I always tell people, I help people buy stuff online. <laughs> I think that's the, the simplest thing. <laughs> yeah. But kind of trend, like kind of going into that, helping people buy things online. So you've worked on the coupon side, worked on the influencer side, and now you're on a content side of things. So I'd love to hear just a little bit about what you've been doing at Forbes. I know when you came in there, you were telling me affiliate wasn't really a, a big part of the business. And that's something that, that you've been taking on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been at Forbes for a little over a year now. And when I joined, there was kind of an existing affiliate business. It was pretty small. It was exclusive to a section of Forbes called Forbes Vetted, um, which is kind of our product review and recommendation site for Forbes, akin to like, you know, a wire cutter or, um, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and we just have grown the business so much. We have an entire editorial team who is like super committed to testing and trying and like identifying the best things to recommend to the Forbes audience, which is a really unique audience. And we have crazy AOVs. We sell really high ticket items. Our audience is, is, has very high household income. Lots of, I mean, some of our best selling categories are like engagement rings and like treadmills, stuff that you wouldn't necessarily like think would be a something that that would convert on a last click basis. But people are actually coming to Forbes vetted to like make some of those purchasing decisions because they have so much trust in the quality of the editorial content that our team's creating. Um, so that has been growing the output from our editorial team and the volume of content that they're creating um, and the different categories that we're starting to cover now, we just launched travel, um, is growing. And then as kind of a result of the excitement from our uh, brand partners, you know, they wanted to figure out like, okay, how do I get included? How, how can I be part of Forbes content? And so we've been um, kind of developing new ways for them to create branded content that's performance-based and identify ways to like incorporate them into some of our pre-existing content where it is endemic to their type of product. So trying to to come up with ways for, for our brands to be able to get in front of the Forbes audience while still maintaining our editorial integrity. Yeah, I think that's like a big piece of just where affiliate shifting now with, with content is that editorial integrity is a really big piece. I think it was before just write content, get it out. You know, now it's really like, is the product reviewed? How did you review it? You know, what other products did you look at? People are looking for more in-depth information. You know, I think the consumer is a little bit smarter now. So I think that that's a, that's a good direction to head in because, you know, that, that's what people are looking for. They want somebody they can trust. So as far as like partners, what would you say like is a successful partner on your site or what would you look for in, in a brand that would potentially be a successful partner? Yeah. You know, that's a really good question. And because we're still in sort of like our early phases, we're kind of figuring it out. And so really our best partners are the ones who like are along for the ride and are willing to test and kind of figure it out with us. We're able to kind of circle the wagons and share data with each other, keep each other updated 
updated on, you know, what's coming down the pipeline in terms of like new products, maybe they're launching or events that we have coming up, it would make sense for them to be like a key sponsor of really, I, I mean, the best partners just across the board in my experience are the ones who are like willing to test and like try new things. Um, and also really consider our feedback. So one of the key differentiators that I've found in terms of like success, successful or not successful campaigns, especially in the last six months for Forbes have been when a brand comes to us and they're like, we have to be included in this story. Like this is the place that we want. This is the product we want. Do what we're saying. And the reality is like, we know our audience a lot better. Like we know how well that story performs. We know what the reader is looking for when they're coming to that page. And maybe there's a different story that might actually be a better fit for that particular product to get the ROAS that they're looking for, or to achieve the branding and awareness goals that they're trying to achieve. Um, so really like when brands allow us to guide them um, and, and uh, take the lead in terms of strategy, uh, that's when we tend to see the most success. I mean, I always say publishers know their sites the best. So I wouldn't want to push something on them that they're going to say isn't going to perform. You know, you really want to lean on the expert on what they see is working for them. So I think that that's an important uh, call out that you're making. Yeah. And like in affiliate in general, I mean, we I, we always want partnerships to be long term, right? Like churn and burn does not fly in this space. And we have to continue to prove value. And so if we're just taking orders like a fast food restaurant, like we're not going to be able to retain clients and drive success without giving them like the full strategic treatment that, that they are paying for. Yeah, it seems like long term partnerships are really the key to, to anything in this channel you know, short term isn't really going to drive the results. So I think that that's an important call. And I think just from what I'm seeing, as far as like brands that are being successful in the affiliate channel, I think you have to have a unique offering. It seems like brands that if it's a product that already exists, and there's not something that really is going to catch people's attention, it's just not going to take off, at least on the content side, um, from what I've seen. So, you know, that, that's what I'm looking for in a brand, but to put them in front of in a publisher, knowing that if it's not interesting to me, it's probably not going to be interesting to the publisher or the consumer. So that's one of those things that I think is important is having that like really unique angle for the brand and the product. So the publisher can highlight that. Absolutely. And that's one of the great things like our team as the business team for, for vetted, we can make recommendations to our editorial team and say like, Hey, we just partnered with this brand, like consider them for you know, the update for the next, for like the pickleball article, a friend of mine launched a pickleball line. And I was like, Hey, like, <laughs> you know, check it, check out this chic brand of pickleball paddles. Um, but ultimately like they're going to decide, but you know, we do our yep. best to, to pitch brands that are cool and interesting, especially Marshall, your brands are <laughs> so awesome and just like really appealing. And it's, really fit a lot of like the Forbes demographics um, and kind of are, are really interesting to, to our audience. So it makes it really easy for us to like pitch that stuff to our, um, to our editors. 
Yep. <laughs> that, that, that's just why we focus on that. It definitely makes, um, I wouldn't say it makes the job easier, but it definitely, um, it, it allows you to deliver more results. It's, it's harder to deliver results when there isn't something that's unique and interesting. So definitely um, great feedback on all of that. Would be curious just to hear like, what is something that you're seeing as a major misconception in the performance marketing space? Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is such a can of worms. I'm sure you feel the same way. Performance marketing slash affiliate marketing, like, has been the redheaded stepchild of like marketing channels for so long. But the reality is a lot has been done to shift that perception. And I think the rise of content and the fact that like players who are really big, you know, hundred year old brands like Forbes, for example, are playing in the affiliate game or like giving it, you know, more, uh, lending more credence to it. But I would say like one of the things that I'm, that I'm actually like excited about would in terms of like the economic, the larger macroeconomic situation that's going on right now, which obviously is very uncertain and like scary performance marketing, affiliate marketing is generally like, the budgets don't get cut as quickly as like branding and awareness and PR because they are driving a return. Um, and because that, that is so, so measurable what we're doing. And so I'm like, I feel a little insulated, just like a tad um, from like some of the potential, uh, you know, downturn um, implications. But I mean, I'm, I'm an optimist. So, and I worked in working through the last recession at being at a coupon and deal website was like bananas um, <laughs> because it was, everyone was trying to save money. And so we were putting out, we were the first like affiliate publisher to actually put out like TV commercials and do radio spots. And before we hired someone who was media trained, like I went and did like TV interviews and like all over the country um, to like promote how to use coupons online, <laughs> like educate the public. Um, so I, I, I think that they're like to, to your question, like there are a lot of misconceptions about it, but I think that it's like continuing to to evolve and is becoming like more positively recognized in terms of being a value driver for businesses. That's exactly it. I mean, I I totally feel that way. The last year is affiliates like more respected than it was in the past. I remember like when I was first getting into the channel and talking to brands, it was like a hard, hard sell. It was like, you know, nobody wanted to do it. It was like the last channel people would dump, jump into and it would be like the first channel they would cut budget with. So like now to see that it's not the first channel that they're cutting budget with. And now that companies are seeing it as a viable channel and it's not that kind of dark, scary place anymore. Um, I think it's a really great thing. And, and it's definitely, I think, primed to really grow over the next few years. And I think a lot of businesses, speaking about the recession, are going to look at moving some channels to a performance marketing model because it'll be more cost effective for them. They won't have to worry about those big upfront budgets that maybe they were used to doing with some of those other channels. So, you know, at the end of the day, affiliate's just a, a means for running marketing. It's not just a channel. So you can run other channels through it. So I think there's there's a lot probably that's going to shift in the next few years with the industry. And I feel like it's really primed in a good position for that. A hundred percent. And like, I think another thing to your point too, is sort of like the the sort of conception the concept of of last click and like being so low in the funnel and like not necessarily 
adding value. Um, the reality is like because affiliate is now used by at the top of the funnel for discovery and all the way down, like it can fulfill PR goals. It can fulfill branding goals. It can fulfill like all, a bunch of different marketing department, like sub marketing departments goals. Um, not just simply like quote unquote affiliate, um, because there's so much quality content on so many different platforms that's actually measurable in a way that like a, a radio spot isn't necessarily as as measurable in terms of direct sales. So you kind of started leading into my last question for you. <laughs> and I know it's a hot topic and I've, I've heard you speak on in the past. So I figured it's, it's another good one to bring up. And so you're talking about uh, attribution. <laughs> I get a question about attribution all the time. I have my opinion on it. You know, I think it just depends on what type of program you have, you know, mm -hmm. and that's how you should look at your attribution. If you have a top of funnel program, then you probably want to commission at the top of the funnel. You know, if you have a bottom of the funnel program, then, you know, you have to kind of take a look at where you want to commission or maybe split the commissions. Um, but curious to hear from like a publisher standpoint, you know, what you think about first click versus last click or even like split attribution. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a love hate relationship with this topic, <laughs> but I think it's probably one of the most important, if not the most important nut that just like needs to be cracked exactly to your point. Like I completely agree that it's very program specific. It was so crazy when I was working at, at LTK, um, brands would come to us and say like, how should we set up our attribution? Like what should our attribution model look like? <laughs> and that was like so funny that they were coming to us as a publisher obviously my response is like, we want hundred percent attribution. Like if we touched it at any point, like we want credit for the sale, which we actually did with a couple of brands. And I mean, story for another day, but like that was <laughs> bananas. I mean, it's like 16 X increase in sales, like wow. wild, but that's not realistic. Also like having been on, on so many different publisher models, um, you know, I understand that there is value in a lot of these different publisher models from the top to the bottom of the funnel. They all kind of play their own role in converting a customer. But I think the big question that I always pose to brands whenever they're asking for feedback on attribution is like, who is your target customer? What, what does that person look like? What is their profile? And then you need to basically build your attribution to attract that customer. I think Macy's is a good example. Um, they used to always have coupons. And then at, at one point they changed leadership and they eliminated coupons and they literally eliminated their customer base because their consumer were coupon clipping individuals. And they had to bring it back <laughs> because they completely cut out their, their, um, their key demo. So I think like being realistic about who your consumer is and understanding like the, the type of customer that you're trying to drive to your site and rewarding the channels that drive that particular type of customer to your site more ha handily than, you know, some of the other channels. Um, sometimes, you know, for a program, like it doesn't make sense if their goal is, you know, new customer acquisition to, you know, work with a certain type of publisher or, you know, if, if they're looking for like a very premium customer, it doesn't make sense for them to like 
be positioned on a coupon site. But at the same time, like th- then you have a Macy's <laughs> where you won't have customers if you aren't working with those partners. So I think it, it really like in summary is exactly what you said, very custom to the program. And it's all about what the consumer profile is that you're trying to target and making sure you're awarding the correct affiliates who are actually able to drive that type of customer. Yeah. And I think that's like a really important piece of managing a program now is, is understanding that the whole funnel, where your customer is coming and how are you properly attributing how they're coming in to those publishers. So definitely, I think a lot more will evolve in the space with that, but definitely interesting uh, to get your take on that. So that's all the questions I had for today. A big thank you to Alexis from Forbes for joining us on our podcast this week. Some really great insights on how Forbes can be a great addition to a performance marketing program. Uh, What is the best way for listeners to connect with you? Shoot me a note, acaldwell at forbes.com, or you can hit me up on LinkedIn. (laughs) Marshall, thank you so, so much for having me. It's an honor um, and just always such a pleasure catching up with you. So thank you so much. Thanks so much for uh, being my second guest. Again, thank you, Alexis. I am Marshall Nyman, the host of the Performance Marketing Spotlight. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next time. Have a great one. Bye-bye.